Okay, welcome to episode five of Blood, Sweat, and Teal, a Fear the Fin podcast. I am C. Je m'appelle Kyle. And Kevin LeBanc got sent down to the AHL. But we'll get Yay. to that. <laughs> we will get to that. First, we're going to talk about uh, the Nashville game. That was the first game that they played since the last time we recorded. It was boring. I mean, San Jose dominated, so, like, there's that, I guess. Yeah, San Jose, like... All the stats indicate that like San Jose dominated, so like they they were up one nothing, then they were they were up two nothing, two one, three one, and then ended up with four one. And they led in like twenty three twenty in shots, and they scored on the power play, whereas Nashville didn't. They uh, they controlled the puck the whole time. So like San Jose played a good game. It was just like from a aesthetically pleasing point of view, it was very boring. Yeah. Sorry, I have the stats pulled up, and Pekarine's save percentage is just horrible for that game. <laughs> like, wow! Uh, 826. Not good. Uh, not, yes, not and, good and we are both, we're, we're both fully aware that save percentage is an end-all, be-all stat, but 826 is bad by whatever fancy yeah. stat, regular stat, old-school stat you want to look at. That's just <laughs> That's, poor. <laughs> yeah, uh, yikes. He has a decent record, even though, like, He's not. He's probably breaking down because he's old and he's fallen off that cliff. He's got like he's five two and two, and he, he's been like decent. I don't think he's been great. I think the UC Soros era is probably yeah uh, gonna start soon in Nashville. Pecorino kind of had like um, the same thing that Jimmy Howard had last season, where like the season before and then two seasons before too. Even people were like, oh well, he's getting old and he's probably gonna get worse. And then all of a sudden he has like one really great year and everyone changed their mind. They're like, oh never mind, Pecorino is like the goalie of the future. And it's like, dude, he's thirty five. He is. Is it? Isn't Jimmy Howard like sneaky like not old? Like, isn't he my age? Or am <laughs> I am I just like imagining this? I'm looking it up right now as we as we podcast because. We we do our research beforehand. I didn't plan it's great. I'm bringing up Jimmy Howard. So <laughs> Jimmy Howard is actually Jimmy Howard is 33. So yeah, he's kind of sneaky old. But yeah, who knows so what Detroit's doing? Like anyway, this is ago. this is not a Red Wings podcast. No, it's not. But yeah, it like yeah. But before Morazic was, like was a thing, and it was like, oh well, he's gonna get older. And then last year he had like a really good season, and everyone was like, oh, never mind. Like we can keep Jimmy Howard for like five more years. And I was like, why? Why would you? And they're do and they're that? paying and they're paying people a lot as a as a as a Michigander, 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 Mich- Michigan like Michigander. like Michigan duck, yeah, yeah, Michigander. Um, uh, right. I guess it would be Michigan right. goose, Michigan male goose. Anyway, you would probably know better than, than we would, but uh, yeah, the Pecorine Jimmy Howard parallel is probably pretty close. They're they're not yeah. they're not getting any younger. But I'm glad San Jose didn't face Soros because they have so much trouble with backup goalies for some unknown yeah. mythical region, reason. Uh, yeah. So the national game was kind of weird because like I just feel like it was a weird score sheet. Like yeah, Bodker had two points. Yeah. Yeah, and Vlasic uh, <laughs> scored on the power play. What? Yeah. <laughs> There was a, there was a lot of weird things. So that that Vlasic goal in the power play was actually assisted by uh, Kevin the Bank and uh, <laughs> Jonas Donskoy, which is kind of weird if you think about it. Because like I would rather have either of those human beings shooting rather than Vlasic, right. but it must have got like ripped around, and Vlasic <laughs> was like, "No, I'm Ray Bork now," and shot it and scored. Yeah, definitely a very weird um, group of people on that. Bodker's goal had Tierney and Ryan. Which, again, just seems like a strange group of people to make any kind of play. And then Pavelski's was uh, Brendan Dillon. Actually, they thought it was Brendan Dillon at first that he had scored it, but it was a Pavelski tip, wasn't it? Uh, I believe it was. I, I'm not, I don't remember quite that well. I believe it was because it was from Dillon and Thornton, so it stands to reason that Dillon took the shot and Pavelski yeah. um, um, tipped it in. Yeah. Which makes sense because that's what he does. I had actually missed that one, and I I remember getting the notification, though, that Brendan Dillon scored, and I was like, uh, what? (laughs) And then it got changed (laughs) Uh, to Pavelski. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, just making this the weirdest game possible, Brendan Dillon scored a goal, but they took it away. Heed and Ryan both had points. Bodker had two. Yeah. Donskoy had two with an assist and a goal. Jonas Donskoy's just been a revelation. Yeah, I think I, we've expressed that enough. I am loving this uh, Jonas Donskoy comeback tour. It is fantastic. I'm all for it. And I, yeah. He's up with the Joes now, too, I believe, which is kind of like a fun 
see what you can do. Even though I don't know if he's the right guy for that line, it's kind of fun to just see him up there freewheeling around. Yeah. Kind of being like a like a like a hurdle light sort of. <laughs> hurdle light. <laughs> Amazing. Her, in, in weight and stature <laughs> yeah, on the team. Um, yeah. Smile quotient. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all good. That was like as boring as the game was. It was a good game. Like that was a good. Th- that was exactly what we wanted out of San Jose. We have to talk about the Vlasic hit because yikes. You mean the Vlasic receiving of a hit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so... I, I think the technical term is he got smushed. <laughs> but <laughs> he got smushed. Yeah. So it's hard because like everything that you see of it is. Um, it's slowed down. You know, everyone who makes gifts of it or whatever, they slow down the hit. And when you do that, it does look like Ryan Johansson, like that he intentionally turned his shoulder so that the point of contact became the head and not a legal shoulder-to-shoulder hit. However, like you just know in real time that that decision didn't happen as quickly or as slowly as uh, it, it would seem. So, yeah. I don't know. Some- Sometimes slowing things down to like micro fractions of a second isn't exactly the, the the best thing. Like it's when those offside calls and the person's skate blade lifts off the blue line like a fraction of a second. Yeah. Like that's not the spirit of it. Yeah. In a case like an injury, when you slow it down, you can see that he might have turned. I think that's one of those hits where when you watch it in fast speed, it looks bad. When you watch it in slow-mo, it looks even worse. Yeah. I don't know how he didn't get a suspension because if if i'm remembering this correctly vlasic was pretty much turned towards the boards the whole time it's yes. not like vlasic did the classic uh henrik sedin turn at the last second and get plowed yeah no he was like show your numbers thing he, the boards the entire time he hit him from behind completely and i don't th- i don't think johansson's a dirty player i could be wrong he no. could be suspended all the time but i don't think he has been i think he's played physical he is a physical player but i don't think he's ever been like, I don't think no, this is a thing not, that he does all the yeah, time. He's not known for dirty hits or anything. At the uh, same time, just suspend the guy for, like, a game or something. I don't know. Right, he should have, at the very least, there should have been a hearing about it. You know what I mean? Like, because we can't make those determinations whether or not that was um, something he had thought about with in regards to turning his shoulder. Like, that should be something where there's at least a hearing, you know, or a phone call. And none of that happened. Yeah, it was just, it was just kind of a curious decision, but I mean... Like, it's the NHL, so right. that decision isn't surprising any. to anybody who, cares, <laughs> Dude, who watches hockey. We have it's no just, faith in it was just that like league, so. Ugh. DPOS with their stupid videos about why they suspended people. They don't do that anymore, do they? <laughs> I have no idea. I I have no idea. I think I think since Shanahan went to the Leafs, they don't do that anymore, but I'm not sure. It's like, it's a, it's a mute point. I think Vlasic is anyway coming back. Uh Possibly one of the one of the sharks beat writer guys like Gackle or Kurtz or Pashelka or generic sharks guy X. They uh, they said that he was practicing and that he was he could play on Wednesday. Um, they wouldn't be surprised. So I think I think he's going to be back sooner than it looks. I don't know if that's because Yolo concussions with the NHL or because it wasn't actually that bad as it turned out. But getting him back in the lineup is is much better than rolling out some random defense pairs. Yeah, especially with the the schedule that we've got coming up. Uh, we need Vlasic back sooner rather than later. I think, and I guess we can kind of go into the Anaheim game with this. The D group that we had in Anaheim was not horrible. I mean, they held up for a game that was just pretty evenly matched, honestly. I mean, look you look at the score, it ended 2-1, to one, and... I, you know, they held their own, but it's still just not ideal. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a, the The Ducks game was never going to be... It should have been a crush job. Mm-hmm. San Jose was hot coming into the game. Like, we, I think we talked about last time how it was basically the Anaheim Gulls at this point. Yes. And it probably should have been a, a destruction, but I can see how, like, the first... Basically, the first divisional game of the year, because that LA game was so so long ago, that basically this was the first divisional game of the year, and... It probably factored in. Anaheim's always been a tough opponent. You're not going to get away from the fact that Getzloff was in the lineup, and they still have some skill. Like Case is having a breakout year. Silverberg's still there. Raquel is still there. Right. So, I mean, it was going to be tough. Um, I didn't super enjoy the lineup choices, but 
what are you going to do? And they got the win anyway. I mean, right. So well, and Ryan Miller, regardless of what team he's playing on, has a really good record against San Jose. So, like, I feel like that factors into it. And know. he was, a, and he's the backup goalie. So you know, San Jose was just right. going to be like, I don't know what to do anymore. What is what is hockey? Yeah. So you know, like that that defense, it's just not ideal. Getting Vlasic uh, in is going to be really important coming up, but at the same yeah, time, yeah, and for so for just just for the record, just in case anybody missed the game or something like that, I think I'm the defensive pairs went Ryan Burns, which they left alone, but then they went God. Dylan Braun and He Demello. Yes, which is weird that they broke up the He Dylan pairing because it's been so good, but that might just lend itself to the fact that Dylan has been really good this year. Um, so they were going to leave him alone and give him uh, uh, and bring Braun down as more of a shutdown role, and then let Heed and Demello do their thing. I don't think I don't think it was necessarily an indictment on Dylan and Heed or like a classic Pete DeBoer. Well, this guy's twenty five; he needs yeah. to not play as much. I think it was just DeBoer was trying to figure out which pairs would be best against Anaheim, and I think that's what he felt the way that it should go. And I don't think I don't think you should read too much into it, other than the fact that. Vlasco's injured, so Braun needed a partner, and they decided right. Dylan was the way to go. Well, and, you know, Dylan is still kind of that, that stay-at-home defenseman, and... That's because he's not fast. Right, exactly. Well, exactly. So, <laughs> that's... If they're keeping at least one shutdown pairing, that's your best bet. If you have to have someone slot into a very defensive pairing, you're going to have yeah. Brandon Dylan there. So. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't hate what I didn't hate what he tried to do. It would be it would be different if like he shoehorned Paul Martin too early in the lineup, even though he's still hurt. Or he went like he tore up all the lineups and put like Dylan with Burns and random stuff yeah. going on. And like so, it was it was just kind of more of like a, a I don't want to say a shuffle, but like an adjustment to Vlasic being out, right? Um, because he he he'd got uh, another point in uh, in the Nashville game. Uh, so did Ryan. So I think. I don't know, obviously, because I'm not Pete DeBoer. I'm not in the coaching staff. I don't have my pulse on the finger. I don't even live there. <laughs> but it seems that DeBoer might know that this six minus DeBello at Vlasic is his best six yeah. uh, in some capacity. Pete DeBoer teams classically, after like two seasons, just start shitting their pants. But who knows? Maybe he realizes maybe... They have maybe Doug Wilson Jr.'s up in his business telling him this is the best the best way to go. I don't, I don't know, but it seems like he's not rushing Martin back. He hasn't put he hasn't pulled the trigger and went with DeMello. So it seems like maybe he knows this is his best six, and he just needed somebody to play with uh, a Braun, and this is what we got, and right. it seemed to work. I mean, we, 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 as I was there, the Sharks held Anaheim off the scoreboard, except for one goal. Yeah. So I mean, you can't really fault you can't really fault anything that's going on there. San Jose did hammer Anaheim right. in shots, though. Yeah. While we're still on deep pairings, what's interesting to me is that Tim Heed was actually because it, it went all the way to a shootout, and Tim Heed was the third person that San Jose sent out. They sent him out before they even sent uh, out Burns. So I got I got no joke three different texts from people saying. What is a Tim Heed, or who is a Tim Heed, and why is he in the shootout? Because Tim Heed also, uh, I'm going to check this to make sure, because I'm pretty sure that Tim Heed followed up Andre Case, uh, or Cassie, or whatever the hell his name is. I don't care. He plays for Anaheim, so he's not my in my life. But I'm pretty sure they went back-to-back, and yeah, so yeah. it went Tim Heed, then Andre Case, and everybody was quite confused, because it went pretty chalk. It went Pavelski, Perry, Couture, Rackle, then... The coaches dropped acid and went Tim Heat, Andre Case, then went back to Burns, Silverberg, LeBanc, Ritchie, and then Jonas Donskoy with yeah, the just, freaking goal of the shootout, oh goal of the year God. so far for the Sharks. That thing was... <sighs> the best part was the Sharks tweeted it out in, like, slow-mo, and yeah. were just... You could tell that, like, the PR department just had little half-chubs in, in, up there, <laughs> sweet note gifts oh, yeah. uh, of Jonas Donskoy. But he, he fakes Miller out. Miller pushes to the right, to the post, and Donskoy comes back to... Well, I guess... Donsky goes to the left and Miller pushes to the right, and then you could see Donsky pull it back, and you could see Miller just give up and know that he's cooked. <laughs> um, it, it was it was really funny. It, it was such a good, and it happened on Star Wars night, so I'm sure there were Star Wars jokes aplenty. Uh, yeah, so there was a preseason game that Tim Heed won in a shootout. So on one hand, I'm kind of not surprised that he got put in, but I, that was just really cool. I think. Yeah, because who didn't shoot? Was there anybody notable that? 
didn't. Well, Hurdle didn't shoot, which I'm yeah. surprised. Well, it got to... Who bod it, it was <laughs> Everybody's favorite Danish sniper, Mikhail Bodker, <laughs> was nowhere to be seen. With six guys going in the shootout, like, I don't know. I think those would be the, the top six I would choose. Probably not in that order, but... Uh, really, that that's interesting that you would you would probably choose these six because I don't think I would take Kevin LeBanc or Brent Burns or Tim Heed. Uh maybe. Well, I guess I, I I would probably take Hurdle. I'm surprised Hurdle didn't shoot. Hurdle is really good. Yeah. I don't know if Pete DeBoer remembers, but he ended a goalie's career by going between the legs. <laughs> so Hurdle's good at There's the Hurdle. shootout. Um, but like with who was in the lineup that night and everything, I don't know. I I. Can't really think. Yeah, of he could have. He they they could have. They could have really bunged this up and put out like Barkley Goodrow. Right. Um, like other than Hurdle, and, and, I, there's no one else that I'm like. Oh yeah, I would totally have put them in. Honestly, with the way Burns has been lately, I wouldn't have put him in the shootout. I would have put Hurdle, but yeah, Burns would still. be... But whatever. They, you know, it, it it Burns Burns has the requisite skill to be right. in the in the shootout. It's not like he picked Joel Ward, so right. it's not. Tim Heed was just surprising because like. First of all, he's Swedish and his name is Tim Heed. But uh, <laughs> he's, it was, he's a baby. It was, uh, I don't. So. I actually didn't know he was good. Sorry, what? I said he was a baby. He's a baby, so you know that's why it's surprising. Because it's he's still just a small little shark. <laughs> yeah. Well, the <laughs> a, a, a pup, a tadpole. What are they? A pup. Uh, I think pup. they're pups, right? Yeah, that's uh, keeping up with the pups. It's a shark pun. That see everything ties in together. Yes. But, so. but before before we leave this game, though, I just want to point out that. The Star Wars night, like, some of these nights are pretty gimmicky, and I have no idea why San Jose insists on continually doing Star Wars. I, gr I love it, first of all, personally. I think it's hilarious. But they made the logo so that they turned the shark into, like, a Darth Vader helmet yeah. with, like, little shark fins and stuff. It was pretty cool. But they made the Anaheim logo Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> which is just, like, supreme trolling on their part, which is so funny. <laughs> It was, it was just like it was just like perfect when you see the little screen grab and there's Jar Jar Binks as a duck. It, it made me laugh really hard. Yeah. Little side note: my hometown team, the Kalamazoo Wings of the ECHL, they also do Star Wars Night every year. And last year, and they do like specialty jerseys and stuff because it's the ECHL, so like th there are no rules. And um, last year, their specialty jerseys for Star Wars Nights were Stormtrooper uniforms, and they were dope. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was really cool. Perfect. Yeah. While we're still on the Anaheim game, though, uh, we're going to switch off of, from defense and talk about the forward group because I just want to say on the record that I called it that we would see Barclay Gaudreau once we started playing division games. Like, I just need that to be stated on the record. You did. I, I called it you here did. on the podcast. And guess what? We saw Barclay Gaudreau play against Anaheim. So. You know why? Because he brings grit yes. and toughness <laughs> and intangibles or some other bullshit metric that you can't put on paper. But an uh, old hockey man knows deep down in his gut, in his diaphragm, that Barclay Gaudreau brings some sort of intangible that various others do not. I don't know what that is. Uh, if you could, if if Pete DeBoer could mail that to me, email possibly. It's just my name with a number after it. Like you can get at me and tell me what this intangible is. Go ahead, but like, he's yeah, a big body or something. Woohoo! Yeah, great, awesome. I don't know if Pete DeBoer remembers when the San Jose Sharks went to the Cup. They skated circles around LA. Okay. That was their whole game plan. But he doesn't just bring intangibles because he got an assist on Joel Ward's goal in the Anaheim game. So suck it, Kyle. Uh <laughs> great, great. He got an assist. Woohoo. Bodker got an assist and a goal the game before. Is, is Bodker here to stay? Which oh, is a joke God, because he is. Unfortunately. Um, but um, I don't, I don't know. I don't probably. Like, <laughs> no, we're, 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 we're quibbling about the fourth line here. It could be worse. Logan Couture could be in a coma. Joe Thornton's knee could have exploded. Hurdle could have regressed. Donskoy could just be bad. Like, the Sharks are streaking. They've won four in a row. They're back in the playoffs. They look good. Arguing about the fourth line center is really a nice place to be. We could we could be the Coyotes and just be depressed, but arguing about whether Barkley Goodrow uh, should be in the lineup or not as the fourth line guy is really just a good place to be, especially this early in the season. It, mean, it means that things are going well. I don't know if... You have a more gloomy outlook, but I think I think it's a good place to be. Did you see? Was I think it was Gackle that um, said that maybe Goudreau was in the lineup to kind of showcase him as a potential for a trade. Ooh, I like that. that. I, I, you know, I love my conspiracy theories. Well, because uh, Goudreau 
centered the fourth line, and Gaudreau hasn't played center since, like, juniors. So he's been on the wing for a long time now, so showing him at center kind of suggests that maybe there's something else going on there. I can, I can see that. I can definitely see, and especially because it was a divisional game, and we know that DeBoer and Wilson want to play that heavy lineup, it made sense that this is a good game uh, to put him in. And I, I think I had numerous people on, on Twitter pointed out that Goodrow had a really good game. Yeah, uh, he did. He, he was definitely, he's definitely, he's definitely not a minus player. Uh, so maybe if this leads to something bigger, if this leads to, because Goodrow can't go back to the AHL, right? No, he's, he's stuck. Yeah, he uh, would have to go through waivers. Yeah, so. and I think I think he's the type of like Matt Nieto ish. Uh, shout out to our friend from Long Beach, Matt Nieto. Do you think we're gonna do pods in like ten years from now when we'll still mention Matt Nieto? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. He's just like the guy that won't die. Um, no, but he might be that Matt Nieto ish guy where he's not as valuable to the Sharks as he is to somebody else, and he gets picked up. So that's why they don't want to throw him through the waivers. Right. That's the thing about Kudrow is that like there is a team who would want him in their bottom six. I don't know who that team is, but I'm sure they're out there. Arizona. Especially <laughs> yeah. Especially if they get him for basically free. So putting him through waivers is really stupid. But at the same time, for San Jose, he's kind of the perfect 13th forward. Like, when you play him regularly, yeah, you start to see all of his faults in his game. But if you have him, you just throw him in the lineup every once in a while... He almost always has a good game, like that first game back, you know, because he, feel, yeah, he feels like he has to prove himself or whatever, whatever it is. So he's like kind of this perfect 13th forward, and you feel bad kind of leaving him in that limbo forever, though. The, the faults in our game starring Barkley Goodrow. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> Barkley Goodrow does not die at the end. He just gets put on waivers. Um, <laughs> he just has to play for sorry if I spoiled, <laughs> spoiled that. Sorry if I spoiled that movie for somebody who is still stuck in 2015. Um, no, but, like, yeah, that's a very good point, that having Goodrow as that guy that can come in and uh, play really well for one game or two games and then, and then exit the lineup again. I, I kind of like that idea. I kind of like everything that we've kind of speculated on and then has been speculated on about him. Yeah. I don't want to see this turn into a regular thing. I think that Carpenter and uh, <clears throat> Danny O'Regan, cough, cough, uh, should probably <laughs> get a shot uh, bef- before he gets a long-term fixture. But if he's being showcased or if he was just a spot fix where he's the perfect 13th guy, I'm all for that. And like I said, arguing about the fourth line center is really a good place to be. It could be worse. Right. We could be arguing about uh, other things. So... Right. Um, but speaking of prospects, uh, your prodigal son. No, prod- I just learned that prodigal doesn't mean what I think it means. No, it doesn't uh, mean like the the really good, awesome son. It means like no, the broken like son the that has returned. Yeah, basically. There's somebody who was broken and left and then returned to reclaim glory. I, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, shout out to my university education. Uh, <laughs> but we learned about socialism. Just kidding. Uh, I love you, America. Um, but. I lost my train of thought in my jokes. Oh, yeah. Uh, your your favorite son, your your hero, your uh, shout-out on NHL Network, uh, <laughs> Kevin LeBanc, is in the AHL. So I'll let you take this one. Give uh, me your thoughts, I know, because you have strong LeBanc thoughts. I do. I have really strong LeBanc thoughts, and I can't even like put them into words because I'm just like devastated by this, personally, on a very uh, intense emotional level. So... Here's the thing that I don't get about this, okay? So first of all, the Anaheim game goes to a shootout. Kevin LeBanc and he shot put <laughs> in the shootout. Like, he was the fifth? Yes. Yes, he was the fifth. Fifth, right? Like, okay. But also in that game, he had started on the top line, and he got demoted to the fourth line by, uh, like, halfway through the game, I think. It was in the second period he got demoted. He's done that a couple times now, where he yes. started up top and then slowly trickled down, kerplunked yeah. his way down the lineup. Yep, so um, then they still put him in the shootout, and then after the game, he was pulled aside for a meeting with Doug Wilson. So there was speculation. What, he was? Yeah, yeah. What is Doug Wilson going to tell him? That he's going to the AHL. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I see. Sorry, I thought yeah. I thought you were give, he was giving him game pointers. Like, you know what you should do, son, is take off your helmet and play like a no, man. No, uh-huh. uh, yeah. So he was pulled aside by Doug Wilson. So there's already speculation that Kevin LeBanc was headed to the AHL, and then it was confirmed in the morning um, by the AHL. The Sharks took forever to release a statement about it, and actually, it, the, it came from the Barracuda, who were like, "Hey, we have someone who can score goals." 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were very stoked about that acquisition. So it felt like okay. Here, I have a question. Yeah. Like a true or false? True or false? It felt like the Sharks were going to send someone to the AHL. True. It felt like it was going to be Timo Meyer. True. You were not surprised that it ended up being LeBanc. True. Uh, false. It's see, see, see. Like you, that's like on Friends, you know, when they ask you a bunch of questions, and then you just got to say the first answer, and then you figure it out, and then yeah, uh, and then that's the thing that you want to do. Yeah. The it feels like they don't want to send Meyer to the AHL because he's the ninth pick. I don't, I don't know if that's why, but it seems like they would rather the Goodrows and the Carpenters and LeBanks. They would rather. Send them up, send them up and down, and move them around rather than having Meyer go back down. Um, but if we're talking I don't know in that... terms of productivity this season, Kevin LeBanc has been far more productive on, on the ice than Timo Meyer has. So, for, for sure. So you know, we all kind of thought that Timo would be the one sent down, especially with you know other sharks writers being kind of hard on Timo this year that it just kind of felt like that was going to be the first move and it wasn't so yeah it kind of felt like that but then when it felt like the train was chugging towards Timo Meyer goes back to the AHL and he's 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 there for like three or four days and or three or four games and then he comes back up and, and he doesn't go back down but yeah when I saw the news and it said Kevin LeBanc sent to the AHL I was like hmm, that makes sense and I don't know it's not anything he's done in the AHL. It just seems like he's the guy that should go back down because he's not Timo Meyer. Because I think Timo Meyer is going to end up being a better player in the long run. Like in five years from now, Timo Meyer will be possibly on the top line, whereas Kevin LeBanc will be that guy that moves up and down the lineup, but is probably like a third line, a high end third line player. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I I disagree, but uh, you know, because. My thought on it is that these are both NHL caliber players right now. Like, yes, they still have plenty of learning to do, but they're both too good for the AHL right now. Yes, I agree. So there's this, like, like people are so quick when players are young to be like, oh, just send them down to the AHL for a while and let them fix whatever it is, and then they'll come back. Well, but... That doesn't no, work. No, <laughs> that's not at all. And I said this on Twitter, and I will say it again. The AHL is not some magical place where you send a guy for two weeks and he comes back and scores 50 points. Like, that's just not how it works. If he's NHL ready, sending him to the AHL doesn't help him because he's not playing against the caliber of players he needs to be playing against. And he's not going to fix those the problems that he's having or whatever at the NHL level. He's not going to fix them by playing against weaker competition. He's not going to fix the problems he's having at the NHL level, not at the NHL. Like, that's just, it's not how it works. Like, if he, the best thing you can do for a player who is already an NHL caliber player is to let them fix their problems against other NHL players. So, it's just a really frustrating situation yeah, when, for me. When, it, when a player of Timo's or clearly Kevin LeBlanc's pedigree and skill go back to the AHL, they're going to dominate, and they don't have to do the things that they need to get better on. So Timo Meyer killed the AHL last year. Yeah. He probably didn't do it with the skills requisite for the NHL because he could get away with being bigger, being better, being more skilled, being a potential 30-goal scorer in the NHL. Like You don't need to do the things that you need to do. A guy like John McCarthy, no offense, he's got to use up all his skill and all his hockey acumen to be good in the AHL, yeah. whereas Timo can loaf around and do nothing and still be really good at the AHL. So sending Kevin LeBanc down to learn about something is probably just frustrating to Kevin LeBanc that he has to go back down there, right. slum it around in the Barracuda, and then come back up. Right. Like, Figure out a way to teach them at the NHL level. Like you said, you have to learn against NHL competition. So if you're not in the NHL, how are you going to learn to make your mistakes? And if it's, like, if it's things like Kevin LeBanc isn't sealing the half wall and stuff like that, well, a defenseman, a third-pair defenseman in the AHL is not going to send a ring of puck around off the glass like an NHL player would. So how the hell is he going to learn to block off the half Exactly. Ball? He's not. Yeah, and I do feel like part of this decision is motivated by just how many forwards we have right now. The only players we can send down are Kevin LeBanc and Timo Meyer. So that's... And that's Ryan Carpenter. Kind of, no, Ryan Carpenter would have to pass through waivers. And after oh, his great. season last year and him being the scoring leader in uh, the Calder Cup playoffs, 
yeah, they're not going to send him through waivers. No, he's not going back down. They're going to keep him for sure. I thought I thought he could just mm-hmm. go back down. No. I think in conjunction with LeBanc, they didn't call anybody up either. No, they have not. But they're they're not playing so until that means Goodrow's in. Uh, they're not playing until Wednesday though. So true. They so time. they could call somebody. Uh, do the Barracuda play in the interim, like today being Monday or Tuesday? Oh, probably right. I don't know off the top of my head. Hold on. If they do, then it makes if, if the Barracuda play, then it makes sense that they left everybody down. Um, hell, Kevin LeBanc could honestly be called back up, right? Yeah, because they can just shuttle them. They live, it's the same town, so LeBanc could be down. He already played against Texas Stars in the first game, the day he got sent down. Yes. So if they have another game, he could play again and then just come back up and be back in uh, for Wednesday. Yeah, that's a lot of hockey, but he is young, so I could see them doing that because they did that last year too, where they would send guys down have them play a game or two at the CUDA and then come back up and play at the NHL level right away. Yeah, and that's kind of been the the speculation, too, is that he would get called back up before a Wednesday's game. I don't see it. I think it gives them a little more flexibility if they keep him down for at least another game. So it looks like they actually don't have... The Barracuda don't have another game until Saturday. So, (laughs) yeah. So he's just going to do nothing in the AHL for a week or Yeah, cuz uh This is oh this is God. this is what I don't get. Is like like the you sent him down for the game against Texas Stars and then he's not going to do anything. Why not have him at the NHL level doing NHL things? And like if you're having trouble with him I don't know, effort level or compete level or some other generic sandpaper term, then talk to him about it. Get him out there on the ice right. early. Get him doing something. I know that there's a million different things that coaches have to worry about. Uh, at the NHL level, and I know that there's that Tyler Dello piece on The Athletic about how coaches are better than we know and they have to deal with a lot of things, but at the same time, if you're just going to send a guy to the AHL as punishment or to fix something, then maybe just fix it at the NHL level. Right. Maybe own that, do something with it, try to figure it out, because I don't, I think we both believe that the AHL isn't a fix. No. It's just a thing that's there. I just looked at the Barracuda schedule, and so if we don't see Kevin LeBanc on Wednesday, we probably won't see him for a while because the Barracuda, they played yet last night. Um, we're recording this on Monday. I'm probably going to post it on Wednesday. But they, yeah, they played last night against the Texas Stars. Absolutely just, like, stomped them. But they don't play again until Saturday. They play on Sunday. And then they don't play again until the following Saturday. And then the next Sunday. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin LeBanc could be gone for two weeks. Like, legitimately be in the AHL for two weeks. Right. Which I don't know what that accomplishes, other than having him skate on the first line and devastate AHL teams. Because um, for people that watched the Barracuda game, apparently the Texas Stars were terrified of of Kevin LeBanc being on the ice, <laughs> which they should be because he's an NHL goal scorer. Right. But already right there, I know, so there's a couple different people, like Zach Devine was talking about how the Texas Stars clearly were game planning to stop Kevin LeBanc because he is so dangerous. And then there was, I think it was Pashelka, possibly Gakko, I'm not sure which one. They were talking about how the reason he got sent down was because three times in that game he didn't seal the half wall. He was late to sealing the half wall uh-huh. and the puck got by. So if that's something you need him to work about, I don't understand why he can't work on that on the top line. Play him, or sorry, at the NHL level. Play right. him nine minutes on the fourth line and have him in that four-checking grinding role right. where he needs to do the sealing the half wall and digging out of pucks. We know he can score, so maybe have him work on that on, the, on nine minutes a night on the fourth line rather than have him go to the AHL where he's not going to do it anyway because he could score three goals at any point. Right, yeah, and he's playing alongside... Um Marcus Sorensen, who got a hat trick in the game against Texas. Everybody's favorite prospect, yes. Marcus Sorensen. <laughs> and uh, Danny O'Regan. And so, like, that's just a high-scoring line. Like, there's no, like, inserting him anywhere else in the lineup to give them depth or anything. They're just like, we're going to put our three best guys on the top line, and they're going to go to town. So what is Kevin LeBanc learning there? You know, like, honestly. He's learning to be the man is what he's <laughs> learning to be. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He just, like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, maybe there's, maybe Doug Wilson and Kevin LeBanc talked for a while and, and there was a reason he got sent down and Kevin LeBanc knows it and he's going to work on it. But 
from an outsider looking in, it looks confusing. It does. Who, okay, so they haven't called anyone up yet, but who do do we think that he they could call up if they're going to call someone up? Could call up? I, it's got to be Marcus Sorensen because they played him in the playoffs. That's the that's the linear, like if you're drawing like a line graph, it starts on one side, it's perfectly flat and straight to this <laughs> point now, and it says Marcus Sorensen on it. Because yeah, <laughs> it doesn't uh, change. Like, I would like yeah, to see numerous people, okay. but like, I don't know, who am I? The uh, uh, the other option would be Danny O'Regan, I think, and uh, I wouldn't hate it. So I wasn't super impressed by Danny O'Regan when they called him up last year, but he was really good in the preseason. Yeah, he was he was good. Uh, he's also killing the AHL right now. I'm, oh, for sure. Last time I checked, I'm, I'm not super up on my Barracuda news. Uh, sorry to all the hardcore nerds that love the Barracuda, um, <laughs> but. I think last time he was like close to like two points a game or something like that. He's been he's been destroying the AHL, which is makes it more curious that like well he did last year Carpenter too. and Goodrow and and sorry pardon what he did last year too. He was like rookie of the oh, year. Oh yeah, or something. he was he like, was destroyed. And it seems to be that no matter what his line mates are, he it seems to be that no matter what his line mates are, he is crushing. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's just good. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk in the comment section about how like. Him, Tierney, and Carpenter are all kind of similar. They all kind of do different things, but they're not high ceiling guys. I don't know. I'm not like I'm not pinning my hopes on Danny O'Regan. I don't think he's the he's the high end guy that's gonna bring a new light to the Sharks franchise. But he's been destroying the HL, and that's a good sign for uh, success in the NHL. So I wouldn't be opposed to them bringing him up. Um, like I said earlier, I think Sorensen is the guy. I don't really think there's a dark horse guy that they could bring up. Do you? No, not really. Like. Uh, I don't even, like, is Manuel Manuel Wiederer Philip kicking around? Philip Sandberg. That's gonna be the dark horse guy. Oh, that, that guy. Bring he, up. He's he's fast, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he 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 crushed the preseason too, yeah. which I don't know if that's a good indication of things to come. He was like he, the last he was, one he was, sent down, wasn't he? Like uh, one of the yeah, very no, last. Yeah, uh, no. but I think he's still on injured yeah. reserve with a yeah, concussion. Yeah, 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 he doesn't count. Which is my favorite Sharks forward prospect is Rourke Charche. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he's like basically dead. So yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna wax poetic about my boy Daniel Riggs for a second here because I do I really um I believe in that kid. I don't know. I've read up a lot on him, and the thing is that that is a very smart hockey player, and I think that's part of what hasn't translated necessarily to the NHL because in the couple games that he played last year, everyone's like, oh, he looks lost. The thing is, he is a very very smart player. He because he's small, so he's he's had to be like you know the person with the highest hockey IQ on the ice any given night because he's always been smaller than his competition and so I think he struggles a little bit with um translating that into the NHL like he maybe overthinks his game but I think he he's growing past that uh you know he's just lit up the AHL this year and I think in the preseason he kind of showed what he was capable of I don't know. I, he's someone I'm really excited about. I can't wait to see him play this year. I just, we'll see how long it'll be before we have to call somebody up. I don't know. Yeah, and they can, they can play Carpenter on the wing because he played wing last year. So yes. we've talked about this before, how we're having O'Regan and Carpenter um, up. Um, yeah, because O'Regan's a, he's a natural center. Yeah, so I don't think, I think it's going to be Sorensen or O'Regan. So in the AHL, Sorensen, O'Regan, and LeBanc are the three guys that are going to be up and down if there is an up and down situation. Yeah. I think there's possible that we see LeBanc come back up right away or LeBanc stays down there for two weeks. Um, if they don't call anybody up and they just roll with Goodrow. Uh, is Yannick Hansen uh, alive? Have we found him? Do we know his location yet? Did he play? We still just have no idea. No, he has not played. I don't. He was out during the national game, correct? I'm looking yeah. At, yeah. So the I honestly don't know because like he hasn't done anything in my life. The only reason I know Bodker is there because stupid 89 is just cruising around the ice doing nothing but holding on to the puck. Yannick Hansen, I don't know what's going on there. I'm telling you, it's the one Dane per lineup. Or conspiracy and theory that he's hiding an injury or something. Maybe, but why wouldn't they just say he's injured right. and it wouldn't be That's as true. awkward to be like, right. it's Yannick Hansen, season, why do you there's suck? Like no, there's no risk in saying that he's injured right now. I don't know. Yeah, just be like, he got hurt, whoop-de-doo. Because Joel Ward's been playing too. So I'm wondering how long it is before Joel Word, Joel, Joel Word, Joel Word, Joel Ward comes out of the lineup. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently not very soon because LeBanc is gone. Right, so. and Joel Ward's goal to goal against a goalie, so you know. <laughs> Woohoo! Go Joel Ward. <laughs> um, 
don't know. We'll see. Uh, piggybacking, piggybacking on all of this, like the the streak and everything, is that Martin Jones is crushing and was third star. Oh the, my god, he's killing uh, it in the NHL. Yeah. So so Martin Jones, pretty good at uh, goaltending lately. Lately but, is the key yeah, because I'm not gonna give being him, I'm not giving him more being that. a middle of the road goaltender means that you're gonna have highs and you're gonna have lows. Yes. Yeah, and I think Jones is a, a very roller coasty e goalie. So like the playoffs in 2016, he was peak Jones. That's as good as he's gonna play. Yeah. Um, and then we've seen him bottom out like the beginning of this season. So it all comes with the territory. He's never gonna be Carey Price the whole time, but he's never gonna be Curtis McElhaney the whole time either. He's gonna settle somewhere. And right now we're riding a hot streak. And hey, we'll take it. Right. He had a. Over the last week, he had like a 9.35 or something ridiculous. That, and then his total right now is 9.30. So, not too shabby. He's actually number five uh, in the league with save percentage right now. But, I, Yeah, nobody, nobody outside of the first two games, you can't fault Jones for not doing his job. He's been good. Right. Uh, you do kind of have to take that with a grain of salt at this point in the season because uh, the guys who are above him right now would be Corey Crawford, which, fair. Crawford has been solid, like, steady solid for a long time. But number two is Jonathan Quick. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Uh, boo. Then we have Connor Hellebuck. Is that how you say it? Oh, no. Hellebuck. Yeah. He, he's young. He could be really good. Yeah. That, that could be, like, a thing. He could just be excellent. And then we have Mike Smith. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, like, it's still early. You know, look at that as it's early in the season. It's still early, but if you take, like, the rolling average or whatever, the last, like, as as hard as we are on Jones for being an average goalie, um, he's been good. Yeah. you got to give him credit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where credit's due. He's been good. San Jose's been winning games. It's not like he's been good, they've been losing, or he's been bad and they've been losing. He's been good. Sharks have been winning. Carry on. Martin yeah. Jones, do as you do, buddy. Yeah, he's only he only allowed four goals. In the last three games, so two against the Maple Leafs, uh, one with <laughs> the, Nashville, and then one with Anaheim. And this just means that Aaron Dell is not going to make his appearance. Which, so no. we were correct in the over/under yeah. half a game. <laughs> so they they have three games in this next week, correct? Uh, yes. Well, so, wait, hold on, I gotta double check that, but I believe so. Um, okay, so the over/under on Aaron Dell would be. One and a half. No, that's too high. It would be half. It would be half again because he's probably not going to play more than one game. Do we think he plays in a game this week? No, because... Hold on. i got to pull up who we have coming up. But first of all, we have uh, Tampa Bay, who is first in the league right now. So, um... Tampa Bay is good and scary and devastating. Yeah. And this game could get out of hand really fast. Yeah, so uh, Tampa Bay right now, they have Stamkos... And Kucherov are number one and two in points. Kucherov's number one in goals. And then Stamkos is number one in assists. And then uh, Vasilevsky is number one in wins right now. I think he's got 11 wins. So, like, they're good. Their power, their power play is, like, if a casual Sharks fan who, like, kind of tunes into Sharks hockey, follows them, doesn't follow the rest of the league, is going to tune in. And if they see a, a, a lightning power play, they're going to ask questions about what the hell San Jose does on the power play. Yeah. Because uh, that puck is flying around, and that thing is in the net before you can blink. I want to say, and I'm not going to look this up because I just pulled up the schedule and I'm not going to mess with that, but... um. <laughs> We don't need real facts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Stamkos is also leading in power play goals right now. So, like, yikes. It makes sense. Yeah, they're, like, scary. Like, their top line is Stamkos, Kucherov, Nemestikov. That's just stupid and unfair. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just not cool. Like, what Sharks line is going to match up against that, that line? That is the NHL equivalent of us putting LeBanc, Sorensen, and O'Regan on our top line in the AHL. Like, it's just not... No, it would be it would be if we sent LeBanc and Meyer down and had O'Regan there still, too. Yeah. It would be even better than what's down there. Like, it just makes no sense that this, yeah. this line exists as a unit. And, like, what line is going to stop them? Joe Thornton's line is too freaking old and slow yeah. to keep up with anything they're going to put on the ice there. Logan Couture has been bad defensively, but, I mean, he gets two wingers that are good on defense. Right. You can't put Joel Ward. You can't put, I guess, it Chris Tierney and two wingers who are fast. I don't know. Like, you can only really hope to contain them and hope they don't score five goals and hope they score two. Right, exactly. So, so we're definitely seeing Martin Jones in that game. 
Um, then we've got Vancouver, who they're good right now. Good right now, but they're also very bad. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I watch them a lot. I kind of have to now that I'm writing for Canucks Army. And, like, the Triple B line is just good. Like, Brock Bozier is killing it. I would imagine we would see Martin Jones in that game as well. Although we do have that's a div- that's a division game too. So this is the start of like yes, starting with Anaheim, and then for some reason Tampa Bay gets shoehorned in there. But that that's another division game where San Jose can win, get two points, and climb up the standings even further. Right. So we've got well, here's the thing. Now that I'm looking at this, okay. So we've got Tampa Bay on Wednesday. Vancouver's on Saturday, and then we have Sunday where we go to L.A. So there's a little bit of travel involved there as well. Uh, we're going to see Arendelle, I think, once this week. And it might be against Vancouver. It's, it's, gonna, it's 100% going to be against Vancouver because they're not going to put Dell against... The, first of all, they've had a long enough break that Jones will play against Tampa, and they're good. It'll be in the back-to-back, but I don't see Pete DeBoer conceding the goalie advantage in his mind to LA with Dell over Jones. So I, I think you're right. I think that Dell possibly pops up against Vancouver. And listen, I'm not really scared of Vancouver. They have one good line. They're not they were horrible they last year. Last line, year that anyway. Continue. <laughs> do do they? Yeah. Yeah they do. What's but, their what's their next best line? Uh, well the Sedins have actually been really quiet this year. Um so hold on. Let me I gotta I just said that I have like, to watch their games, and I still am not but, thinking of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I watch the Sharks games, and I have no idea who plays on whose line. Uh, um, Bozer, Horvat, and Backlund is good. I'll give you that. They're young. They're good. They're flying around. That's fine. I don't think the rest of the team is this scary juggernaut. Vancouver started out like 4-0 last year and then fell off the face of the earth. I, I don't think Vancouver is this top of the Western Conference team. They're better. Yeah, sure, I'll give you that. But I don't think San Jose should come into that game. I mean, like, they're, I don't know. I think they're good. Although, they're playing Detroit as we speak, and I don't know what's happening. They were losing. They are losing, in fact, to Detroit, who is bad. They're, like, for real bad. (laughs) Detroit Detroit is, like, Arizona bad. Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to, uh, what is their thing called? Five for Howling? Uh, You guys must drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or like like hug cacti just to like feel a different kind of pain. I don't know what you do, but like yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Your team is back. <laughs> yeah, so with that, um, that Vancouver and then LA games with a little bit of travel back to back, it'll be interesting. I think we'll we'll definitely yeah, see I th- Dell. Yeah, I I think there. you're right. I th- yeah, I think you're right. I think Dell shows up. I probably against Vancouver just because they won't want to put him out against. Dell. Does that make sense? Like from like a psychological right. Uh, I mean, thing like of the two division games, you're gonna want Jones in that against LA. Uh, they they always have Jones in, in against LA. Like I mean, that's yeah. So it, I think that I think that's just like a thing that they're gonna yeah, do. That, and I, I think if we I think if we see Dell in either game, I'm pretty happy. I, I don't really care either way. No. So like, yeah. Every, every time out there. they put Martin Jones in that against LA, they see it as like a metaphorical middle finger to LA. So they're just oh yeah, they're just gonna do <laughs> I it about that. no matter what. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it, yeah, yeah. So like, if I had to bet, I would bet on Dell against Vancouver, San, San Jose, San Jose against LA. Good job, Kyle. Um, <laughs> Jones against L- LA. San Jose conceivably could win all three games. I don't think they beat Tampa, but. Who knows? Like Tampa's not going to win every game they play in, right? So is it at home? It's in San Jose, right? Yes. So who knows? Tampa could be coming off. I'm not going to look up Tampa's schedule. They could be on a back to back. They could be. We might not see Vasilevsky because if they're playing again the next day, who knows? San Jose could win. I think they beat Vancouver. I think they beat LA. Shout out beat LA. Um, <laughs> Hashtag beat LA. I think that I, I yeah beat LA. That's what I meant to say. Not shout out. I think they beat LA just because they got embarrassed in game two yeah Uh, so i think this is going to be a little bit better of an effort who knows they might not if they lose if they lose to la i'm not going to lose sleep over it it's it's still early right whatever so it's a back-to-back with with three games coming up this week what is your how many points are we going to walk away from this week uh this is a potential six i think if they get four they could be happy okay i think they get i think they get four i think they get two You think they get? You think they get two? Why? Because your beloved Canucks are gonna beloved crush. Beloved Canucks. Oh I'm, god! I'm just I just like cringe so hard Wait, who, who, when you said that. I would ask. I ask a question. Who plays goalie for the Canucks? Nilsson, but he is out because his wife just gave birth. 
So who Anders Nilsson? Yeah. Is it still Jakob Markstrom, the 29-year-old goalie who's one year away from being good? Yes. Great. Oh, and uh, did they call up Thatcher Demko? See, I'm not yes, scared of this did. team. Bring it, bring it on, Vancouver. But I would imagine that by the time they they come to San Jose, that Nilsson will be back, and he's been really good. Ah, whatever. Fight, fight me, Canucks army, whatever their thing is called. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling up his stats right now to just see what his. Uh, we don't need to pull up Jonathan's quick stats because they're overrated and he sucks. There we go. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> That's. True. Uh, so Nelson, his save percentage right now is a nine four three. He's cool. Like hashtag actually good. So is he though? Yeah. Is he was he the one that was in Buffalo for a while? Yeah. I actually don't know. I don't care about Anders Nelson, but he's the one that was in yes. Buffalo, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So he could be good. That he just played behind a tire fire of a team. Yeah. Unlike Mike Smith, who's not good and played behind a tire fire of a team and still isn't good. Yeah. So you know, like whatever. So you think they you think they get two points? How do you think they get those two points? Is it an outright win or is it like two overtimes or is it? <sighs> I think honestly, I can see them dropping the next two. I just the, with San Jose this season it's really easy to feel like we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop all the time, and I do. Like, we're, we've won four games in a row. Great. That's not going to last. And I, I just feel it in my bones. So, Tampa... Oh, like Tegan and Sarah? <laughs> so, so, Tampa Bay is really good. Um, they scare me. Like, I, I don't know if I saw Stamkos coming at me. I would just... You would hug him because he's got an adorable face. That's true. He's... I would cry. He's got those, like, rosy red cheeks of, like, you know, and, like, you get cold a little bit, but he's got them permanently. His, That's my stamp goes scouting report. His eyes kind of crinkle when he smiles. It's cute. But <laughs> <laughs> this is not a stamp goes podcast. It could, it could be. I know where I know where he grew up. It's not. It's close to my work. So, uh, so yeah, Tampa Bay scares me. Uh, Vancouver could go either way. I know you don't want to believe the Canucks are good this year, but they're good this year. And no. also, like, for some reason, the Sharks are just it, always struggle against the Canucks. Like, it's always, it's one extreme or the other. Like, we're either really bad against them or we're really good against them. And I just, I don't know. So I can see us beating LA because... We want to bounce back from the last time we saw game, them. Game two. Yeah, and um, especially then if we do drop those two games against Tampa Bay and Vancouver, we're going to be like, yo, we need to do this. Let's go hashtag beat LA. So I see two points. Yeah, I think Yeah, I see four. I think they drop the Tampa game and then win the games on the back-to-back. But, 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 I'm putting a caveat in there. I could see them beating Tampa in like a weird 4-3 game where just like, all of a sudden there's like a million goals in the middle of the period and stuff like that. I could see them winning in like a weird yeah. 4-3 game and then beating Vancouver and then losing to LA randomly. Yeah. Um, but I do think I do think they get four points and I think they keep it rolling. Uh, they move up the division a little bit. Uh, I, th- I think they're in a place where they're, they're, they're still trending upwards. I don't see uh, the drop coming yet because if they drop a game to Tampa, it's not going to be the end of the world. Right. Uh, it's Tampa Bay. So I, I think I, it's not like if... Uh, I, I don't know, a middle-of-the-road decent team. Like, if Ottawa came in and they dropped it, you, you'd probably be like, ah, they probably should have beat Ottawa, but whatever, it's Tampa. So I think I think regardless of what happens in the Tampa game, I think they come out of it still looking good and still yeah. um, on the right track. I could be totally wrong, and they could get thoroughly crushed and lose, like, 7-1. Yeah. But I don't think that happens. I think San Jose is... I think San Jose is better than we initially thought at the beginning of the season, but I still don't think they're world beaters yet. Uh, that's just where they are. But I think they're I think they're better than what we thought at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So that's the week coming up. Do you have a question that was sent to us? It was actually on um, SoundCloud. Nice. We got. A, I love SoundCloud. We got a comment. We can actually just read the comment. I'll I'll go ahead and do that. It's from Michael Walters who says, not many fun Sharks podcasts around, so I'm happy to stick it out. Wait, is that is that a, is that like a, is that like a backhanded compliment? I think a little bit. Are we fun or are we not? Like, we're, f- yeah, I guess we're fun, but uh, he's just sticking it out, so like, just kind of waiting to see what happens so I'm, with us. I'm confused. I'm going to take it as, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, Michael Walters, he, clear up your comments. <laughs> uh, he continues with, Bodker had a two-point game for six points in 12 games now, so he did something. Hopefully he does more things in the future. We'll stew on that for I mean, our bod- <laughs> the, the, 
the the SoundCloud Bodker takes have been very reasoned and measured. I, well, uh, I think it's the same guy. Have, <laughs> oh, it's the same yeah. guy, Michael. Do you think Michael Walters is actually Danish? That could be. He could be Danish. Um, I don't know. Like he's got six points in twelve games. Good job. He's also making four million dollars this year. So I do something more. I, I I don't know. Like earn your paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do that. I have to go into work and bust my ass. You can just possession the hell out of the puck at the blue line and turn it over and be like, well, I did my job. But I don't know. Maybe maybe he turns it around a bit because he's still in the lineup. I don't know. He, I don't think I don't think we're ever going to see him leave the lineup. Right. Um, two points against. Nashville was a good place to start. Maybe string a couple games together where you get a point here and there, get a couple goals. But, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Bodker. <laughs> so then he closes with, question for you guys. What Sharks defenseman scores his first goal of the season next? So, what... Okay, so Joachim Ryan has one point, right? Yes, he does not have a goal yet. Who else hasn't got a goal? Pickles. Do- oh, oh, oh! You know who doesn't have a goal? The man who's making eight million dollars and is taking up a lot of cap until he's like fifty thousand years old. Brent Burns, do something. Yeah. So Brent Burns doesn't have a goal. Uh, Brendan Dillon does not have a goal because he got taken away. It was actually Pavelski. And his big tip. Yeah, his big tip. Uh, Joachim Ryan does not have a goal, and does Bra- Dylan Demello doesn't have a goal. Demello, uh, Braun does Braun have a goal? Uh, I don't know, but the dark horse candidate is uh, former Prime Minister of Canada Paul Martin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Paul Martin. Totally scores his first goal of the season next. No, I think Joachim Ryan. He's been amazing. He like everyone was like. There was some article, I don't even remember what it was, but I said that he's, it was a mailbag, because I said he's been phenomenal, and they were like, hmm, actually, I don't know that phenomenal is the word I would use, and I was like, uh, suck it. But, um, he, in the Anaheim game, it was one of those games, I don't know, it was either Anaheim or Nashville, but he set, like, a, not only, like, a rookie record, but also a Sharks full-on record for block shots with, like, 19? Nine. Nine? Nine. <laughs> 19. 19. Yes, 19. Oh, my God. Insane. No. No, nine. It was nine. <laughs> I, it's, it was nine. Sorry, it's late. I'm tired. So, That's okay. Yeah, nine block shots. Like, dude is stepping it up. I I can see him uh, getting getting something in there. So, for the for the spirit of the game, for Michael Walter's sanity, he can keep track. You said Joachim Ryan. Yeah. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Brent Burns. Yeah. He's got to do something. Like, I know he has, like, seven assists or eight assists or whatever, and he's been, like, really good with Ryan, but by the same token, he is getting paid $8 million, and he did have 72 points last year, so, like, I don't know. Score a <laughs> Like, like this is what you do. The this only is way that you is... evaluate players, uh, like, is by how much money they're making. <laughs> Who me? Yeah. yeah, it's a very big. Uh, <laughs> it's a big. Uh, I won't tell the listeners what I do, but if you can guess, I will buy you a beer. No, but like, there. We live in a cap. We live. We live. Yeah, we don't live. We watch hockey that has a cap on it now. It's not like the mid-90s where the Rangers and the Leafs could just buy everybody they wanted right. and be like, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> There's a cap. And if you're going to take up $8 million of that precious cap, you better do the things that you were paid to do. So yes, Brent Burns has been very good with with Joachim Ryan. Um, I would say he's been great on defense. He's been doing the things he's been doing. He's been generating, I think he's been generating a lot of shots. He's got a lot of assists, but at the same time, he's a guy who I think he scored 20 goals last year or was close to it. So that's kind of like they're already missing the Marlowe goals and Timo Meyer still hasn't found Twine in forever. So, like, they're missing production, and I think that Brent Burns needs to add some goal-scoring production, not necessarily to the detriment of the rest of his game, but he needs to score. And for $8 million, please just score once. Right. Yeah, I would love it if Brent Burns is the last defenseman to score a goal this season, just because I... That would actually be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Yeah, uh, just for the chaos of it, I would enjoy that. Yeah, but I I think he scores soon. He's been taking a lot of shots. Yeah. He's getting close. So, ironically, we think the same pair is going to score their first goal. Yeah. Um, So, Michael Walters, you can have the field. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Do you have anything else this week? By the way, Paul Martin really was a Prime Minister of Canada, like, recently. That wasn't that wasn't just a joke. That was a real thing. Oh, I did not know about this. He was, like, in the mid-2000s. Oh, Jesus. Like, 10, 12. So, like, 12 years ago-ish, he, he left. 
Oh. Friends, but yeah, that's that's a, that's an actual joke that me and my friends make is Mr. Prime Minister Paul Martin. I love that. That's amazing. That that's all I have to add to this. Okay. So you can follow the podcast on Twitter. We are at BS and Teal. You can send us questions and all that fun stuff. You can review us on iTunes. Um, I don't. Please do. We want your love. <laughs> I don't know how Google Play works at all. I don't know if you can review things or whatever. Uh, I should probably figure that out in case you guys actually like send us questions or something. You can also just add like podcast question to like the Fear the Fin mailbag too if like you just know where that is. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can find Fear the Fin on Twitter. You can email us at fearthefin at gmail.com. Any of that stuff. We'd love to get you guys more involved with the podcast. You can find me on Twitter at now you see me with C spelled S I E. Uh, I'm also on the Twitter machine at K Y L E D E M E T R I U S. I love that you That's spell me. it every time. <laughs> well, like I mean, if I I don't know, it's just easier than saying at Kyle Demetrius. Go figure that one out, jokers. <laughs> it's really not a difficult name to spell. All right, so yeah, that's all we got for you this week. Hopefully we'll come back to you with a couple more wins. Yeah, it would be great if they had won seven in a row by the time the next podcast happens. That'd be fun. We'll have a party on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right. Peace out.